0: Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by T Go to tpublic.com/slash/store/slash/comicpop and find yourself an amazing T-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo T-shirt, an Ultron T-shirt, and a Headcrabs from Half-Life T-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags. The sizes are printed on the back of the shirt so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff they're really comfortable shirts i would not shill for these guys if i didn't already have a mess of their shirts that i purchased myself i like them a lot check them out go to tpublic.com door slash comic pop and find one for yourself all right let's get on with the show now. waiting down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate enemy of criminals a mysterious all-powerful character a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Welcome to Elseworlds Exchange, I am Sal, and I'm alone today because this is practically a uh, an impromptu off-the-rack more than an Elseworlds Exchange, but because we want consistency and we want to have an in-depth discussion, and because we promise these things from this channel, and because we are men and women of our word, I'm going to deliver. Um, just everybody is scattered to the winds right now preparing for New York Comic Con, which is... Literally tomorrow, and I'm gonna be heading out to New York for the entire four-day extravaganza tomorrow morning, and as such, I need to have all of my crap ready to go. I gotta have uh, bags packed, uh, equipment prepped, and batteries charged. And uh, I got a videos ready to go for the rest of this week, so I am all over the place. And so, as such, uh, I actually did not have more than this week's worth of comics prepped for Elseworlds Exchange. So instead, we're just going to talk about some of the books that came out this week and uh, and have some reaction to them. These are some of the top titles that came out this week. Uh, you know, if you're looking for some side stuff, uh, some some ancillary titles. You know, you're probably not going to find them uh, unless they were specifically towards my uh, sensibilities. Because what I do is on Wednesday I buy the books that I care about. I read, you know, because I'm a fan and because I like comics myself. Just because I report on them doesn't mean that I'm not also a fan. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Sal Says What, you probably saw me tweet at Mark Wade and Humberto Ramos and congratulated them on their work on The Champions, which uh, I guess we'll talk about first because... It was the first book that I mentioned, but uh, Marvel's The Champions is a funny book that has a storied history that, for me, uh, is a book that I never had much interest in or took much stock in as, a, as an old-school fan, um, but having read it this week and having The Champions more or less be a... Uh, it's almost like hearkening to that suggestion that Rob and I came up with back when uh, we were talking about alternatives for the civil war 2 book and how it was like wouldn't it have been cooler if it was old versus young if it was uh older ideologies versus newer ideologies and that's more or less what champions is and uh because not only did we say we wanted to see that but uh it actually happened i kind of dig this book and it's With a lesser team, this book could have been hackneyed and obvious, but because it's Mark Wade and because it's Humberto Ramos on art, uh, it's just an overall fun read. I just really, really dig this title, and I'm looking forward to getting on board right now because, damn, uh, first of all, it's got a great lineup. Um... Miles Morales s- strikes me as more of a young Peter Parker-type character. I haven't really seen too, too much uh, in terms of real Miles Morales character infused into him in this first issue, but it's not really about him. You know, he's he's a member of the team, and he actually provides some much-needed uh, support in this title, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the emotional core is... Uh, carried by Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel. And it's her dissatisfaction with the Avengers overall that kind of pushes her in the direction of creating and forming the champions. Uh, I was really curious to see how they were going to come up with the name for the champions. Uh, Whether they were going to actually, you know, do a deep dive and be like, there used to be a team called the champions. Um, But no, they just wind up calling themselves the champions. It's kind of like, meh. Like, that is my only qualm with it, but uh, I guess I'll approach this book based on our fundamentals from Off the Rack, which is a show that we do once a week, uh, typically about the book that came out last week or the most recent book that we can read. So, uh, yeah, that said, um, all right. Art Humberto Ramos uh, has been working in this industry for a very long time, and he's been doing an amazing job. Uh, I remember him from the uh, the Paul Jenkins spectacular Spider-Man run, which I thought was like, eh. and actually, I that, I should amend that. I remember him from his DV8 run uh, on uh, in, in Image, and I loathed. His art, and then uh, he got on Peter Parker, and I saw some strengths. His proportions were odd, which of course is part of his signature style. But for me, I was like, that's a little bit weird. Uh, that said, uh, you know, the more he got on board, and the more like work that he put in, and the longer his career went on, the more I just medi- I I just loved his pencil work, and his and his, the the kinetic energy that is infused in every panel is just so freaking cool. Uh, I loved his work during Amazing Spider-Man. I was so excited when Amazing Spider-Man re-re-relaunched uh, when he was going to be the penciler on the title. Unfortunately, it didn't last very long. But now that he's on Champions, I'm excited to see him kind of drawing more Spidey-type stuff. And that's going to be really cool. Um, overall, I just dug it. Uh, there are some really great like key moments that Mark Waid is ma- make sure to have... Uh, Ramos infuse into the book. We got a Hulk holding a mountain scene. We got to see uh the Avengers kinda or the the champions forming, we got to see uh youth. Uh there's a moment that I really kinda say uh is more kudos to uh Mark Wade, but in lesser hands it could have looked lame and it could have looked weird. But uh it's just, there's a moment at the end of the book, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but I will say that there's a moment where it's a key moment in which all the characters are looking at their phones. And I thought it was a hilarious kind of nod to the youth and the, the to, a, to a younger demographic and a younger audience and a younger cast in general. Just taking a slice of life moment from today and putting it on display, I was like, that was cool. And it could have been stupid, but it wasn't. So, kudos on champions. Um, I... I like the concept, I like where they're going with it. I'm hopeful that uh, this team will stick to this book. Also, of course, seeing Viv joined on uh, on the title is uh, is awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into Mark Wade's writing. Uh, I was not a huge fan like uh Sam, Miles and Kamala, I was not a huge fan of the Avengers, uh, particularly the all new all different Avengers. It wasn't the roster that gave me pause and made me kind of like reevaluate the book, but uh, it had more to do with just the 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 inconsistent art and the uh the constant kind of like, it just felt like it was spinning its wheels. To be perfectly honest, I was just kind of like, meh. I didn't really, I didn't really jive with it. I felt like I'd seen it before. Once again, one of the issues with having a, a thing called all new, all different, you you've got to have something be different and new. And all new, all different Avengers was just not enough new and all and not enough different. This is the all new, all different Avengers. These champions, I think they were great. Um... Viv is one of my favorite breakout characters. I just... I I don't really... I didn't even... It's weird to say that Viv's a breakout character because she was an amazing character. Oh, uh, Red Samurai Cyclops is not in the book. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be in the next book. But... uh, And actually, it's amazing because the book teases at... Uh, other youthful characters from the Marvel Universe who you might probably see slide in and replace other characters throughout the Champions. So, I'm hopeful that we're going to see more characters hopefully from the Young Avengers and from the Runaways and from... Uh, we definitely got a tease that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur will probably wind up on the Champions at some point or another. Uh, it, it's cool. It's a great place for young characters in the Marvel Universe that have no home and that don't really sell very well uh, overall. You know, before we say Established, like this team, and we don't know if Champion's going to sell very well. Uh, but that said, um, you know, I love Vision. I love what Tom King did with it. Uh, I was wary of who was going to pick up threads from that title because it's just such a good book. And I almost, I'm always very worried whenever uh, somebody is like chiefly responsible for the quality and then uh, they pass the torch to somebody else. And uh, while this is not a torch passing, it is definitely the utilization of a new character that Tom King expressly created, and let me tell you, uh, Viv's fun, and I'm more excited to see where she goes, and Mark Wade knows how to handle characters, whether they're young or old, and so that's awesome, and so overall, I gotta say, uh, at the end of the day, Champions number one is a great Title and it is infusing that kind of like youth and excitement and morality and uh, ad- adventure that you would want to see from a Marvel title that is sorely lacking in uh, Marvel right now and that's kind of the funny thing about this is that it's also clearly after. Civil War 2. It is, and by the way, proof that nothing of any real note or significance happens in Civil War 2. Uh, at least none that really make any difference or any bearing on the young characters uh, in the Marvel Universe. But, uh, yeah, it, it. I like the status quo of Marvel right now. Through, Marvel, through the lens of Marvel now. Not necessarily like right now with Civil War 2 and with their constant renumbering, with their double numbering. They're going to be doing two numbers now. The, the, the Marvel needs to go through a kind of reboot of themselves. We were talking about this a little bit on the Weekly Pull uh, private chat. Somebody said, um, you know, I think it was Rob said, Marvel just needed to reboot. And I said, no, Marvel doesn't need to reboot. Those characters haven't done anything wrong. Those characters haven't uh, lost their way. The problem is... Uh, the company needs a reboot. Marvel uh, writers and editors need to reevaluate what is happening with their company and how to approach their 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 publishing style. But that's another story for another for another uh, for another time. Uh, but anyway, I dug the hell out of Champions, and I like the potential that it has. Uh, I d- of course you know the cover has to lie to you. Uh, if you were expecting to see Cyclops, uh, guess what? Uh, he ain't in the book until the very end, and it's more of a teaser for the next issue. Staying on the Marvel train, I uh, apparently am some kind of masochist, and I read Amazing Spider Man number 19, written by Dan Slott with art by uh, Giuseppe Camincoli. Camincoli's back, and uh, only uh, if if only he weren't. I don't like his faces, I don't like his people, I don't like his rendition of the Parker cast. Uh, That said, you know, I've said it a million times, so I'm just gonna point that out right now and then just move on. Uh, The art is fine. There's actually a really, really great moment. That's a uh, it's a great looking Spider-Man, and it's one of the first. It's like a full page image of just Peter Parker, and Spider-Man, like swinging or saving a scaffold or something like that. I was like, that's cool. That looked really good. But then you see all these human beings, and you're like, oh, they all look like goblins. Um, and not the kind of goblins that you would expect to see in a Spider-Man book. But that said, uh, nothing happens in this book. Uh, again. Uh, You know, except for perhaps the death of another character, but in a story that is subtitled Death No More or Dead No More, um, The Clone Conspiracy, you know that uh, death is meaningless and it's undercut by uh, any drama or emotion is undercut by what uh, can be undone thanks to plot. I will say... I liked this issue more than the last, probably five to ten issues. I kind of dug this one a little more because there was an emotional core at the end of it. Uh, there was a, there was this uh, this MacGuffin that was created for the event, for this moment. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, Spider-Man has to cap has to go and retrieve this item for a loved one, and uh, it goes about as well as you'd expect. And in fact, uh, it's actually funny how that moment runs parallel to an up epi- to an episode of back issues that is coming out in the next couple of hours so keep that in mind when you're watching next uh, the next back issues but uh that said you know the clone conspiracy what, what can I say I think by the way I'm just tossing this out there this has nothing to do with the book itself but I, I theorize that uh there might be an element of time travel involved that it might be more of a of a shit, what was the name of that movie that we we were all talking about? I asked the, the the Comic Pop gang, like, what's that movie that, uh, in which there was, like, a race car driver, and you go back in time, uh, they would, they would pull people from, like, near death or right before death and pull them into the future and then use them? Uh, I think, it started with an F. Doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, there, my theory is that the, the, the clone vessel is actually a time machine and it plucks people out from the moment before they die and uh so instead of them actually like being cloned they're actually just pre-characters it's not looper it's flatliners thank you omar um no flatliners that's the that's, that's about people dying and then seeing dream world that is not flatliners i'm sorry it, it is not flatliners anyway i'm moving on from that doesn't matter that said uh i think that like them going through time you know it like maybe it Free Jack, thank you, Red Samurai. It's free Jack. Uh, that like when they go through time, like the outer layer of skin is burned off because of the travel through time. That's why the 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 um, the electro uh, character got her like tattoos and her piercings removed. So I was like, yeah, it might be it might be like Free Jack. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Don't worry about what Free Jack is. It's not a very good movie. Anyway, that's just me being a nerd and being a fan. I'm just like, oh, you know what? Uh, anyway, uh, that said. Meh, uh, this, this but this book had, uh, it was it, it, there was like the the germ or the seed of a Spider-Man comic in there. I was like, oh, yes, that was in there. There's this, this heirloom, I'm like, yes, that's Spider-Man. But then there's all this crap around it, and no one acts in character, and it's just really frustrating. Um, but that said, <sighs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 19 is a pass, uh, but only because I'm not going like, to, I can't recommend anything that's happening in Amazing Spider-Man right now. Um, If you're just joining us, by the way, I just wanted to point out that this is going to be more of an off-the-rack kind of episode of Elseworlds Exchange, where I just kind of review books that came out this week that I read and talk about them a little bit at length and uh, get a little bit into the nitty-gritty about the issues themselves. Um, Just because we're prepping for New York Comic Con, which, of course, Everyone from the gang will be at. I'll be there uh, probably with Cape Joel tomorrow after like 12 uh, p.m. So everybody is kind of uh, going to be there and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'll, I'll save all that for the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, Amazing Spider-Man number 19. Meh. Yeah. Uh, meh as opposed to Boo. Like I, I don't like this series, but this was Okay. Because there was a little bit of a Spider-Man story in there. Uh, Batman number 8, which was uh, written by Tom King and uh, co-written, by the way, by... Uh, let me just pull him up right here. Uh. Damn it. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, it's uh, written by Tom King and art by... Um, shit. You know what? I need to actually get that information. Let me take a look here. Because it's just so good. Ah, here we go. It is written by uh, Tom King and Steve Orlando, and uh, the script is actually by Steve Orlando and art by Riley Rosmo. Damn. Uh, Okay. (sighs) Let me tell you something Batman vs. Monsters. You know, superficially, it sounds like a rad idea, right? But critically, it sounds like a definitively not Batman story. Uh, it sounds like a cash grab, and of course you're thinking about the Marvel story that's happening at that that's coming out, I think at the end of the year or after the end of the year, um, which is about monsters. You know, you're kind of like, oh, more monsters. Okay, um, this is cool. Night of the Monster Men is just overall very cool, and it's and it, the reason why it's cool is because it's handled with. Uh, a steady hand, and the person isn't going off the rails, because while you can do really, really successful Batman stories that are just completely, not, forgive the pun, but batshit insane, um, this is just Batman solving yet another problem. At no point is Batman phased or surprised by monsters, and it's very kind of cool. Uh, the monster designs are great, Riley Rossmo's art is worth the Prize of Admission alone. It's just so great to see the Bat family working together and seeing Batman kind of work in conjunction with them. It takes all the strengths that I gave, that I that I hailed upon the Detective Comics book and brings them into the main Bat title. Because the main Bat title normally is about Batman, Alfred, uh maybe some maybe Nightwing every once in a while, but it's mostly about Batman. Uh, this is at the core, a Bat-Family event, and it's not done where, uh, you know, oh well, the Bat-Family can be can be handled in their own respective titles, but Batman is about Batman's handling of it. No, it's actually really, really solid, um, because you don't just see Batman's perspective. You don't see Batman, like, take down one monster for 32 pages. You see Batman handling a problem uh, delineating tasks uh working with people and coming up with uh escapes from doomsday moments and and also doing detective work as well in his head it's 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 a pretty solid book um is it what i've come to expect from Batman over the last five years hell no uh if you asked me you know after reading you know after after getting through all of uh, snyder book like hey how about if uh if, if Batman fought monsters in the next run, would you be on board for that? Oh, objectively? Hell no. Just Batman fights monsters, and it's a, it's a, uh, a derivative of the Venom formula, and uh, Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate are involved, it's just a lot of... I'm like, what? I would be very skeptical of it. The execution is really solid. Um, I'm actually kind of interested to see how they're going to collect it, you know, because there are actual uh, consequences and moments that you kind of need from the ancillary titles which i hate but uh you know that the, the, i don't need them you know i i i'm getting windows into what's happening in the other books through batman and so i don't need to go buy them that that's for me if you got to do that kind of thing if you got to do tie ins if you got to pull in you know the nightwing book if you got to pull in detective comics if you got to pull in the other the other books uh, make it so that i don't have to buy them but it only enhances what's happening because i hate having to buy another book that I would never buy, just to get more story from the main title. Um, Conrad asked, uh, "How is Hugo Strange involved?" Uh, Hugo Strange wound up d- inventing some kind of ridiculous formula from his, uh, you know, various sources that turns the dead into giant uh, Attack on Titan-esque monsters. It's pretty cool. Um, you don't need to read the Titans, by the way. I'm just saying that it's like you could, and it would, o- it would only provide a greater richer uh, a richer reading experience which is rare, but uh, yeah, I dug Batman, I thought it was cool, Um, I hope it ends soon though, because I don't know how much longer I can enjoy watching Batman fight monsters, Um, but with Riley Rossimo on board, I I think I would be on board a lot longer than I normally would be, Uh, okay, so getting into, uh, let's talk about Superman, because it's a book that I've consistently read, and I haven't read Superman consistently since probably... 1996, because that was when Death of Superman happened, and that's the only time I gave a shit about what Superman was up to. Uh, But that said, Superman is one of the best DC titles going right now, and it's purely because uh, DC gave a shit and gave, like, really, really intelligent people the job. Peter J. Tomasi, Patrick Lee,son doing the story, I could I can't think of anybody better working on a Superman title right now. Uh, this one also has um, Doug Mankey on art, and he does a really nice job. I'm not a huge uh, Doug Mankey fan, but uh, he renders everything with dignity, grace, subtlety. There's like there's big moments, there's small moments. He knows how to handle characters. He knows how to handle emotive moments. But there's always this issue, talking about the art for a minute, that every artist has with. Uh, Jonathan Kent with the with the kid some for some reason they they have this issue where they draw their face where they draw his face and he looks a little bit like an alien or he doesn't look like a human being and it's just it's just kind of weird that across the board most people slip at some point or another in their design of this character for the most part he looks great but there's always that moment where I'm like, "Whoa! What what happened with his face right there? What's wrong with your face?" Uh, but that said, Mankey draws dinosaurs. Mankey draws Superman rescuing his son. He draws a son rescuing. Pe- uh, well, rescuing his dog. He sees his dog. Uh, he, that's the other thing. He draws animals really well. It's just it's just great. It's just really cool. It's just a great looking book. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the writing. Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Leeson give us a a father son story about, and in the way that you only expect uh, Superman and his son to have a kind of like bonding experience, they go into either an alternate dimension or uh, a excitingly folded into continuity realm. Uh, They go to Dinosaur Island, which we've seen thanks to Darwin Cook's brilliantly mastered New Frontier, and we uh, don't... That's not the only thing we get from New Frontier that's in there, so I'll just leave it at that, but it's that moment you're like, holy freaking crap. That's cool. I don't know where we are or what's happening, but I'm on board for for what this book has to offer. By the way, I also suspect... That uh, Escape from Dinosaur Island will be um, more or less like two issues. <laughs> I don't I don't expect it to run for four issues or six issues or whatever. I think it'll just be a quick kind of story that wraps up and then Superman and his son will return and Lois will be like, did you have an okay day? And they're like, oh, you know, just a typical day at the office, her, her, her. you know, that kind of thing. But Superman is consistently great. You just you go... And uh, pick up Superman. There's only nine issues, so if you have ever, if you're on the fence, like read the first arc of Superman by Patrick, uh, uh, by Tamasi and Gleason, because uh, that will be your litmus test. If you are not on board for what happens in that book, if you're not on board for the writing and character work on that book, uh, then you're probably not gonna like anything else that's happening. Um, but anyway, Superman, it's great. Just overall, I recommend it entirely. Then. We uh, are going to wrap up with uh, this book that is literally a sequel to a book that I have loved uh, since, I don't know, ten, for the 10 years. And it's Jessica Jones, which is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by uh, Michael Gados. This is literally just Alias again. But. Uh, But in the Marvel Universe proper, and of course Marvel Max is gone, uh, but you know what's funny? They they, They figured out how to handle not having Marvel Max anymore, but making Jessica Jones work. And how they did that was by putting a big parental advisory not for kids sticker on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that said, I was worried that they were going to retcon Jessica Jones's design thanks to the show and just be like, okay, Jessica Jones is more of a full-figured brunette, I'm going to make her a rail-thin, raven-haired, uh, character, uh, but no, she just looks exactly like Jessica Jones. That said, we're, of course, in a place where Bendis doesn't like to just do linear storytelling, where he's like, oh, here's what happens, and here's where they're going, no, Jessica Jones is a mystery Uh, Jessica Jones is a character study about this character who we thought we'd never really see her get her own book again. And yet, thanks to the success of the Netflix show, we do. And Dennis does not give a shit about that show because there's nothing like that show in this book except for everything that you liked about the show that was reflective in the book. The book is just a sequel to the original Alias series. Um, But, you know, ten years later or whatever. Like... We're dealing with uh, the fallout of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage being married and having a kid, yet still wanting to do a book about Alias investigations, and also, of course, taking that that noirish uh, private detective kind of story and playing with that, uh, and, and playing with that angle and integrating it into the overall plot. Bendis is in, is is back to roots with this book. Bendis knows how to uh, handle this character. He steps back into her with no uh, stumbles. Uh, the dude is great when he's handling one character. When he's handling on an entire book full of like many characters, it's kind of iffy. Unless it's called New Avengers, in which case I really dig that book. Uh, but otherwise, I've seen him handle you know multi-character stories, and it's kind of meh. This series is exactly like it was. Uh, so if you loved Alias, you're going to probably really like this issue. So if you're kind of curious about it, I would say, meh, don't. You probably If you didn't like Alias or you're kind of on the fence or you really want to know what's up with Jessica Jones, I don't know if this book is for you. but Because um, it makes no attempt to contextualize what's happening or get you involved. Um, but then again, I think it's good because it gets you on the ground floor. You don't know... Um, What's happening? And even if you did read Alias, you still have no idea what's happening in this book. So that's kind of cool. I did not read Death of X, so I'm gonna move on from there and just say, uh, you know, Gaidos' art, by the way, is also really, really good. There's no, there's no change from what it was to what it is. Uh, If you liked his art, it's still great. If you didn't like his art, it's exactly the same. So uh, that, that's that's all I can say about that. Uh, check it out because it's uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, those are the books that I read today. Uh, I've been wor- I've been flying around grabbing grabbing everything I can and charging batteries, uh, erasing SD cards, making sure that the two extra back issues episodes that we shot this week are safe and secure and ready to be edited when I get back from New York Comic Con. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, so for the next, uh, minute or so, I guess I'll just wrap up by saying there are a lot of other books that came out this week that I just didn't get a chance to read that I will hopefully get a chance to read before New York Comic Con starts because there's a lot of new shit. Uh, Death of X came out. Um, I heard there's some other titles that came out that I just totally missed about, Missed, uh, yeah, I just completely missed out on, uh, which is weird. Um, that I would have not heard that certain titles came out. But anyway, that said... Uh, I got. I, I, I've. I've also been avoiding Death of X, and I gotta say, uh, I'm not gonna support that initiative. So you know, I really don't want to. Like, I really don't want to do that. But I might just. We might just read it for Off the Rack. That that might be the way to go. We'll just. We'll save Death of X for. Uh, for an actual episode of Off the Rack, which would probably be uh, a more appropriate venue for that title. But uh, yeah. So. Alright, everybody. Uh, If you are not familiar with this channel, of course, you can check us out here on Comic Pop. Five shows a week. Uh, At least we try our hardest to make sure that happens. Uh, Of course, every Wednesday live at 5.30pm Eastern Standard Time, you can catch me and usually another host. Uh, This is the first, last and only time you will ever see me by myself reviewing comics on the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, But uh, check us out there. And if you are going to be in the New York York area, please come to the uh, New York Comic Con and meet us and say hi. Hang out with us and everything. And um, we will be be doing a weekly pull panel on Saturday um, at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, you're going to be there. So weekly pull panel, 3 p.m. Uh, at in room 1A24 or something like that. So check it out and uh, follow me on Twitter for more information about uh, where we're going to be, when we're going to be there. Saturday there's going to be this. There's going to be a signing. Uh, I don't remember what booth it is, but it's going to be Saturday in the in the autograph area um, at 1:45 p.m. So uh, Anyway, stay tuned for that, and we'll see you guys next time with another episode of L's Exchange, and stay tuned for the next, in the next two hours for a brand new episode of Back Issues, which is the show that you guys all come here to watch anyway. So thanks a lot for watching, and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>